This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name at Structured Settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by American General, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're very glad you could join us again today. Well, since 1975, Ringler Associates has been a huge player in the structured settlement industry, and in 2015, we are proudly celebrating our 40th anniversary. You know, over the years, the fundamentals of collaboration and independence have fueled steady growth at Ringler Associates. And today there are more Ringler consultants and more Ringler offices serving more injured people, more attorneys, and insurance professionals than any other organization in the industry. In fact, a Ringler consultant was involved in over one-third of all the successful structured settlements completed nationally in 2013. That's pretty impressive. Well, today on Ringler Radio, we have a very special show. We'll be talking about the beginnings of the structured settlement industry and how far we have come. We'll share some personal stories about the people we have met along the way. And we're going to pay tribute to a real pioneer and, the, and a true visionary and the founder of our company, David Ringler. Well, I'm very happy to have on this journey two very special guests who have been with us since the beginning. I'm joined by my Ringler colleague and friend, Mike Casey. Mike is the manager of the Chicago office. He was previously chairman of the board of directors of Ringler, and he now serves as chairman emeritus. Mike has more than 30 years of claims instructed settlement experience and joined Ringler way back in 1981. Well, Mike, welcome to Ringler Radio. Larry, I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad to be talking to my old friend for the last 30 years, Larry Cohen. Fantastic. And also joining us today is Cecil Matthews. Cecil is one of the original hires by David Ringler when Dave founded Ringler back in 1975. Cecil's a native of Texas. He graduated from the University of Texas, uh, spent two years in the Army, and has over 20 years of claims experience when he joined Ringler Back in 1977. So, Cease, you were one of the first. Uh, welcome to Ringler Radio. Can't wait to talk to you about the past and the future. Well, glad to be here, Larry. Well, Mike and Cease, so let's take a trip back uh, down memory lane. Uh, Cease, you were one of the originals. Uh, Dave hired you back in 1977 when he founded Ringler a couple of years earlier than that. Tell us about that, that er, those early days, the experience of uh, even getting uh, getting hired by Dave. <laughs> well, of course, I had known Dave previously. We had worked uh, at the same insurance company, so it surprised me, though, when he came to Chicago and said uh, he would like to have dinner. We had dinner, and he popped the question, and I uh, I accepted. Uh, it was kind of funny at the time because I probably talked to maybe 15 people that I knew about whether I should actually accept Dave's offer, and not a single one of them said that I should. So <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was running against uh, the flow there, but uh, it, it was very interesting, of course, because in 1975, as you said, he jo- he founded the company. I joined him in 77, so we went from one to two, or rather from 
one to two and a half because at that time Dave also uh, hired a part-time uh, secretary. But, of course, we both worked from home. Uh, back in those days, uh, there were no computers or printers. Right. Uh, you had uh, a secretarial service. I had a secretarial service, and they typed out uh, every uh, everything. Every I mean, everything that we did had to be typed out, and that was how we started. You know, you know, Cecil, it's interesting. When Dave uh, came and uh, asked you to go to lunch that first time and made you this offer— I mean, really, you probably didn't even know what a structured settlement was or, or, or the concept was so new and uh, hadn't really been codified yet by Congress or anyone else that uh, – what were you thinking when, when, he, when he talked to you about that and, and making the, uh, the move? Well, actually, I knew a little bit about structures because the company that we uh, had both – insurance company that we had both worked for had an in-house insurance life insurance company. And so we did do structures uh, in that in-house life company. I never did one, but I at least knew what it was. So I had kind of a running start, but uh, I didn't know much. Well, you took a what they call a leap of faith, didn't you? And that, <laughs> yes. And that was uh, that made all the difference. Well, Mike, uh, you joined Ringler in 1981, so uh, you have, a, am sure, a similar story to tell. Tell us about that. Uh, you're right, Larry. It, it is similar. I, uh, in 81, when uh, Cecil and Dave knocked on the door and asked if I'd like to come into Ringler, I was just thrilled and excited. I was a 10th guy in. But, you know, as Cecil was talking about, uh, it wasn't new to structures. Uh, when I was 28 years old, uh, back in 1973, I was handling for the same insurance company, Reserve Insurance Company, that they worked for. I was handling more of the high-exposure cases. And that's when I first did my structure with Dave Ringler. He took me out in a case. I didn't know what a structure was. I met him in St. Louis. It was a case of a, a young Army uh, boy who was going back to camp and got rear-ended by a tractor-trailer and was a paraplegic. And, of course, a high-exposure case, and Dave met me, and we went into the plaintiff attorney's office in St. Louis, and I sat there amazed as he laid out a structured settlement in 1973. <laughs> and uh, it, I, I was amazed at the program, the tax-free status, and how smooth and uh, efficient Dave was. So I went, that was uh, when I was 28 years old, and, and my hair older than that now, as you know. But, uh that was my introduction, and uh, and I was thrilled to get the opportunity to join the company in '81. Well, you know, it's funny. My, my story is a little bit uh, similar as well. Uh, when I was approached in 1983, I was at Cigna, and uh, we were involved in helping our claim folks get to know what structures were. And we asked Ringler to come and give a seminar for our for our claims people. And after several of those uh, meetings at various uh, locations, uh, I then got a call from Paul Hoffman, who was uh, at that time running the Eastern Division, whether I'd like to come and, and, and join Ringler. And, of course, I met Dave Ringler. And like you, Mike, uh, and I'm sure you, Cecil, uh, very impressed with Dave. He had a lot of class, and he, he just exuded uh, just confidence and uh, real expertise about what we were trying to do. And it made it made the decision for me uh, a lot easier knowing we were, I was going to be working for folks like that. Well, let's talk about how the industry has changed over the years. And, and how Ringler Associates has been able to maintain its leadership role in the marketplace. Uh, you've seen a lot of changes uh, at Ringler. Mike, why don't you talk about some of the changes at Ringler and then cease, talk about some of the changes in the marketplace. Mike, why don't you talk first? 
Well, sure. Um, there were substantial changes in the way Ringler did business, and uh, from when we began for you and I, Larry, in the early 80s. Uh, at that point in time, here in Chicago, and I think all over the country, structured settlements were really something that was very much controlled by the defense. Uh, the mm-hmm. idea that the plaintiffs would take an active role uh, was, was foreign at that time. And uh, and the, the defense insurance companies would purchase and own these annuities and make the promise. In fact, even there was even a, a thought process at that time that the plaintiffs shouldn't even know what, what an annuity costs, what the structured settlement costs. Well, that's one of the biggest changes that came about in the in the eighties. Uh, by the time we got to the nineties, that that concept changed, uh, and in the industry now is it's it's a use it's viewed as the tool it should be. It's good for everybody. It help helps the defense make a more attractive offer. It's it, the biggest beneficiary. I think we would all agree is the person who needs financial security. The plaintiff has that opportunity to get it. So. The perception of how the tool was first designed to what it became after a number of years has changed substantially and and all for the good. Well, I think you're right, Mike. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the old old adage of not disclosing cost and all that, and that that really was somewhat of a shibboleth. And and over time, that that went away. And I think the transparency that we have today really gives uh, the product and, and, and... a lot more force and effect. Uh, a lot more. A lot of people trust in the product a lot more. And your comment about the plaintiffs being involved on the brokerage side—that's uh, actually been a much, uh, actually, it's been a much uh, welcomed site for a lot of people because it's grown the business. And now we have people in uh, helping sell those annuities uh, on the plaintiff side as well. So it's uh, it's been a transition. I think that all of us can look back on it and say it, it, it's been for the good. Cecil, uh, what are your thoughts about all that? Well, I think uh, probably everything you said is is true because uh, it, it was uh, it, it was well I did a lot of uh, marketing in those first years a lot of marketing and the marketing was almost 100 uh, percent to the defense uh, either to the defense bar or to uh, to insurance uh, claim organizations so uh, Later on, uh, we branched out and and uh, did a lot of work with the plaintiffs. So that's that's been the difference. I think that's why we're the biggest and the best because we can do either. You know, another another thing that Ringler, Dave Ringler, really instituted that I thought really helped Ringler grow was we were all locally based. Uh, a lot of the other companies had central locations where everything was processed, and there were a few people out in the field, but. We set up our offices in individual cities and staff them with indivi- with uh, as assistants and administrative folks that really we were able to deal with all of our local clients and still maintain uh, uh, an outreach effect. Uh, I thought that that personal service at, at these various uh, locations was a real help to the way Ringler grew. Uh, how, what do you think, Mike? Well, I, that's that's true. Of course, that was uh, his initial thought was that uh, we should have the best people uh, coast to coast, uh, but with a local angle uh, the, that everybody uh, would would be conversant with what was going on with the bar, uh, what the law was, uh, what the claim people were doing, what the what the local situations were, and I think that advanced our. Uh, our company faster than just about anything else was the fact that uh, we were local. That's exactly right. Uh, 
Now let's switch gears a little bit. Talk about let's talk about the product, the structured settlement itself. And over the years, we've all heard misconceptions about structures. Uh, you know, there's always there are always the negative, uh, you know, pushbacks from time to time by either lawyers or accountants. Uh, they don't they don't recognize or understand the tax free nature of it, or they have some other misconceptions. What what do you remember, Mike, along the way about some of those misconceptions that uh, that arose? Well. In addition to what we just talked about, the fact that it was a defense-oriented thing, that was a misconception that was corrected. But the other end of it is that a lot of people look at it solely as an investment and how much can I earn in my money. Those That was an early on thought process. And those who have been around for a little while know that, you know, in the Jimmy Carter days, we had interest rates that were in the mid-teens uh, and we sold annuities and everybody thought, well, no wonder you could lock up those big, long interest rates. But in 2008, when when the interest rates dropped through the market and we were getting 3 and 4% returns, we still grew the industry. And I think the reason for that is the misconception was that this is an investment that's solely based on return on investment. While that's an element in it, what's really more important is we're selling security and lifetime protection for people who need it and didn't have it before. And and uh, the old story about people who win the lottery and are broken five years is not just a story; it's true. Uh, but how much sadder is that if it's a person whose the rest of their life has been damaged and they blow through their money? So I think that concept that the security is the most important part of it. Otherwise, we would fluctuate more with interest rates, and we've proven at Ringler that that's not true. We've grown when interest rates were decreasing because we're providing the protection that is fundamental to a structured settlement for the people who need it the most. Well, that's very well said, Mike. And Cecil, what do you think is the difference in uh, the way people perceive structures today versus how they did it way back when you first started? It, it was almost like, well, this guy's not smart enough to uh, to handle his own money, so therefore a structure would be really good for him. You know, that's not really the way it was. Um, I, I thought that structures uh, then and today were are good for everybody. I mean, you've got the tax relief, you've got the the pressure off of trying to handle the money and do something with the, the money. These things have never changed. And I, I think that's the one thing that has stayed the same. Well, the Ringler logo uh, has six interlocking rings representing our six founders. Let's talk a little bit more about the rings and their significance. What is the significance of those rings, Cecil? Well, of course, those rings were the first six people into the company. We referred to ourselves back then as partners, and that was part of Dave's master plan. Dave thought that, as we talked earlier, about a coast-to-coast organization, and he wanted partners uh, in each part of the country to develop that part of the country. Uh, I was first in the Midwest. Um, Kurt Wiggins was the second person in, and he was the southern partner. Uh, then Pat Kelly came in. He was the Western partner. And the last one in was Paul Hoffman, who was the Eastern partner. So Dave had his coast-to-coast company. The sixth person was Bob Blattenberg Sr., who was our life insurance guy at the home office level. At, he was with Dave and helped us because uh, some of us were sorely deficient in, the, uh, in our knowledge of life insurance and annuities. 
and some of us still are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yes. guess we still we all we all need continuing education along the way. Well, let's take let's take a look at legislation and the advocacy over the years when it comes to structured settlements and uh, preserving the tax free status on Capitol Hill. We've we've been very active on Capitol Hill to try to uh, keep this this wonderful product uh, in place for for the uh, injured folks out there who need it. Uh, talk about the advocacy that and the legislation that that's been necessary over the years and and our ability to help uh, you know make that happen. I can remember very well uh, 1985 when uh, under Reagan's uh, term, there was a major, major uh, effort to reform the tax codes. And uh, of course, you know, in the big picture, structured settlements is not the largest thing they got to worry about in Washington, D.C. So you're in danger when they start making changes to the tax codes that, uh, that you're insignificant enough that somebody could overlook it and change it. Uh, and to the credit of of our industry, uh, and much thanks to Dave Ringler, the founder of our NASTA, the National Structured Settlement Trade Association, we had an, an element of presence in Washington, D.C. And now the story I'll tell you is what I've been told, and I'll, and since I'm Irish, I can tell stories all day long. <laughs> but, but what I was told is as the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, a fellow named Dan Rostenkowski, who was uh, one of my fellow Chicagoans, um, and we'll leave it at that. Um, Dan was uh, chairman of the Ways and Means and was involved in finalizing the documents that were going to be presented. And at that point in time when it was crucial, one of his aides leaned over his shoulder and told him, don't forget that structured settlement thing. And Dan said, oh, yeah, yeah, put that in. But for that guy knowing how important it was and leaning over and telling Dan, we would not have been included. We might have lost our status as the uh, as a tax free element, which would have be a major. I won't say it would have ended us, but it would not have been a good situation for us or for all the people that have benefited over the years from that tax status and society as a whole that has benefited and those people being protected. No, no. So question. yeah, I think our, our legislation effort was important then and as it is now. No question. And Cecil, you you said earlier about how the uh, defense insurance companies would uh, buy the annuities and actually own the annuities. Uh, and that changed over time when uh, you know, legislation got into place. Uh, I think the Internal Revenue Code got changed. Section 130 came in. Tell, tell our audience what, uh, what that change, uh, what was the impact of that change? Well, the impact, I think, was maybe the single most important thing in catapulting our industry to where it is today because uh, in the old days, the uh, insurance company would own the annuity, and in many cases, they did not want to do that. And in many cases, the plaintiff attorney did not want the the insurance company to own it because who knows what's going to happen to the insurance company. Uh, So the assignment uh, came in, and we were able to assign the uh, the ownership of the annuity to a to another party, and that I think enabled everybody to be more comfortable with what we were trying to do. Yeah, no question, and it also allowed uh, corporations to uh, to assign these 
annuities to assign these structured settlements so they wouldn't have to carry these contingent liabilities on their books, and it really opened up a whole new marketplace for them. So it was a, uh, a, a bellwether piece of legislation, Section 130 in, in uh, 1983, in that, that time frame, and uh, that really was very helpful to the process. Well, you know, both of you are a fountain of, uh, of stories and knowledge about, about the industry and about the folks that we've met along the way. Give us uh, a little bit of a personal perspective, uh, some a story about maybe a structured settlement uh, case you had where we had a positive impact or something a little bit uh, that might have stood out. Mike, why don't you go first? Well, uh, yeah, kind of a poignant point to tell a story about that. Back in, a, I would say it was 1983, I was involved in a case that went to trial here in Chicago with, I will say, just one of the most prominent attorneys we had. He was a plaintiff attorney. I was hired by a very good defense lawyer who was just on it. It was a horrible injury to a young man. I'll just call him Stephen R. He was 16 years old. He was, uh, again, run over on our expressway here in Chicago by a truck, and um, he was a passenger in a car. He was uh, what we call a spastic quadriplegia. He had no control over his arms or legs, and uh, there was a lot of question. In fact, sometimes defense takes tough positions, and one of their defenses here is he wasn't going to live that long anyhow. So uh, it's a, it was a tough case, um, and I put together a structure with uh, both parties agreeing to it, plaintiff attorney from 1983 to now is still a good friend of mine, and we talk about the case because Stephen R., who they thought wouldn't live very long, got an annuity that was paying him for the rest of his life, and he's still alive. And uh, it was a 6% compounding annuity, wow. which was available back then. So those of you who know about financial, it was guaranteed growth of 6%. And uh, that young man has had a quality of life that that could not have been sustained but for that structure. And all of us who were involved in defense and plaintiff attorney and myself all feel pretty good about it. Well, that's a, a tremendous story, and it's it's indicative of the kinds of things the structured settlements have uh, have been a part a part of uh, all through these years. There's so many so many claimants out there that have had better lives and have been better, uh, you know, had better outcomes because of structured settlements. Well, let's take a quick break right now, and when we come back. We'll have more of this uh, very nostalgic discussion with Mike Casey and Cecil Matthews to talk about. Ringler's 40th anniversary and our founder Dave Ringler. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. 
You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit ringlerassociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and I'm joined today by my special guests and my Ringler colleagues and friends, Mike Casey and Cecil Matthews, who were with us back in the beginning, and we're talking about Ringler's 40th anniversary. Uh, It's quite a nostalgic discussion. Well, while we'll be celebrating our 40th anniversary in 2015, uh, we want to make sure we take a moment to talk about our founder, Dave Ringler, uh, not just as uh, the founder of, of Ringler Associates, but also as a colleague and a friend and how he inspired so many folks within the industry. Uh, Mike, you've said that Dave Ringler was one of the most uh, influential people in your life. And one of the things he, he used to say, which I remember very well, uh, that he always said, hire somebody better than yourself when you go hire the next person. And he was always big on uh, looking for the best uh, in all of us. Uh, tell us about that, Mike, and, and, and how you felt about the way Dave just handled the the whole essence of running the company. Yeah, Larry, uh, that is very true, and it's something that uh, it came to uh, a high level of importance while I became chairman. Uh, uh, we when There was a point in time in 2008, as you'll recall, where uh, the financial markets weren't doing so good. They fell apart. Uh, there was a lot of, and we were having our annual meeting that once a year when all the Ringler people get together. And I thought, what am I going to get up and say to these guys that will help us get through what looked like was going to be some very, very tough times? And I went into my research, and what I found was Dave's words back when he hired us in the early 80s. And as you said, and I'll repeat it a little bit, hire somebody better than yourself. Uh, but he he went on because I, I I used his other words in there. He 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 honest and sincere were things he talked about. A sense of energy, uh, a proven successful producer, he had proven successful in whatever field you were in. Uh, trustworthy and confident were the things he talked about. And then something else that I thought was important is that love what you do, whatever you were doing, love what you do. And when I looked around in in in, in 2008, there were great examples of where he made the right decision or he or one of the rings did. And, uh, and I put a picture up of somebody that I thought was trustworthy, somebody I thought was sincere. Larry, I could have put your picture up next to most of those and I'm not just trying to make you feel better, but when I came with love what you do, I couldn't figure anybody to do it better than Larry Cohen, who obviously loves what he does. Wow. Otherwise we wouldn't have ring the radio, well, but that was, that was what Dave said then. And after 2008, the rest of the industry started to shrink and Ringler continued to grow. And I think it's because we stuck with the principles that our founders and, and, and our rings gave us, and that's get the right people in the right place and give them the opportunity to do the right job. You know, uh, Cecil, it's it's fitting that we, we sit here and talk about Dave Ringler. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that we lost our founder, Dave Ringler, after a valiant battle with cancer at age 75. Uh, you know, Dave was not just... He didn't just talk about hiring people better than yourself. He, he, he had certain rules of of conduct that he always wanted us to follow, and uh, of course, he he exemplified that in his own life. Tell us a little bit more about Dave the person. Well, Dave the person was, I think, probably the the best innovator and the best 
the most visionary person I think I've ever known. I mean, his idea for developing Ringler Associates was, I mean, it could have been out of Harvard Business School. Uh, he was just, he was that smart about things like that. Uh, not only was he a smart guy, but he was, you know, a clever guy who got along with people and uh, always had a good thing to say about just about anything that happened. Uh, he was relentlessly upbeat. I loved that in him. Well, it didn't hurt that he was also uh, a good-looking guy, did it? He he always had that 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 look of uh, a look of elegance about him, and you know, it was it was tough to go to dinner with Dave because uh, he always knew every exact wine that you ordered with every meal. He was very, he was a connoisseur of that, and. Uh, and a connoisseur certainly of the horse business, having grown up as he did uh, in the in the Seattle area and getting involved with with some some of the horse uh, business along the way, he's uh, he was kind of a one of the uh, what do you, what do you call those kinds of people a uh, an iconoclast a uh, yes. he just he had it all and uh, you know he's he's just we're gonna miss him very very much Cecil what's the what's the one thing you've uh, taken away from your, your years here at Ringler? What, what, what are some of the things that you look back on and, and take with you? Well, I think probably the main thing is is helping people. I think that's the most important thing that we've done uh, over the years, helping people financially, helping them uh, through a very, very difficult period. Um, that, to me, is really just not only the most important thing, it's it's practically the only thing. Well, you know, and it also is, again, indicative of the legacy of what Dave Dave started. He, uh, you know, this industry, has we have a lot of competition in our industry now, no question about that. Other people have come into the industry and they've helped grow the industry. We have some great people in, uh, with, with, in our, com- our competitors as well. But there's something about the spirit of Ringler Associates, the camaraderie, uh, and, and the way we share – uh, one of one of the things that I remember very well is back in the day, and Michael remember this too. Is uh, I remember talking about we have so many great subject matter experts in this company. You know, everyone has some area of expertise. And why can't we share that? So we developed, uh, as you know, this this sharing mechanism where we can ask the whole industry, the whole uh, company, a question, and in in no time, the emails come back with 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 significant answers. So. I think drawing on our own uh, expertise and drawing on our, our willingness to help each other was uh, one of the mainstays of how Ringler really operated and grew. Good point, Larry. It's true. Well, Mike, I want to ask you this as we close down the show today. Uh, you know, there are some new people that, that have joined Ringler, and there are new people in the industry that will be listening to this show. Uh, what words of wisdom or advice do you have for those joining Ringler or, or coming into the industry, or coming into the structured settlement industry as we face the future? Uh, after all, you've been through in, in uh, over those years that you've been with Ringler. Give us uh, some some of your insight. Yeah. Well, well, two things, Larry. One, one I'll, I'll make a comment that Dave, as we said, said hire someone better than yourself, and he hired Cecil Matthews. But those two guys really didn't make it fair for us, because how are we ever supposed to find somebody better than Dave Ringler, Cecil Matthews? It just doesn't exist. But secondly, um, I guess if I had words of advice, it would be I had the opportunity to sit down with Dave uh, when it was getting close to the end, and we we reminisced on his uh, porch looking out over the golf course and the lake behind him, 
and uh, and I enjoyed that time and be able to share with them. But one of the things I said and we agreed on was it's not how much premium you write, how much money you make, what your lofty title is. It's the friends and associations that you make through the years. And for me, it's getting close to 40, you know, 35 years to just a Wrangler. And that's what's important, guys, here in this business, maintain that integrity and the relationship, and the rest will happen by itself. Well, that's as well said as it could be, uh, Mike, and uh, thank you for those words. Uh, Cecil, before we go, give us uh, one personal story about a structured settlement scenario that you, you encountered over the years that, that was particularly uh, important for you. <laughs> one I will never forget, and uh, I, I forget the details, of course, because uh, I'm old. But uh, <laughs> the uh, it was it was a uh, down south, uh, and I sat down. This person, this man, was family man was uh, pretty badly injured in an auto accident, and we tried and tried, and we could not. Uh, with the structure, he insisted that he could handle his own money. So, shook hands with everybody and headed for the airport. And uh, the airport waiting for my plane, and I'm paged. And I go to the phone, and it's the plaintiff attorney. He says, "Can you come back?" And I said, "Well, yes, <laughs> I can," because I knew something was happening. I got back to the plaintiff attorney's office and found out that as soon as the case was settled. The plaintiff headed for the Cadillac agency there in town and uh, was going to buy a Cadillac for everybody in his family. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we did a structure. Well, you know, it's uh, boy. I, I know Mike. We all have stories like that over the years where, uh, boy, the, the the just the desire to go spend that money is so strong. Uh, I think the story that I remember was one of the lawyers who uh, I settled the case with. And uh, there was a fairly fairly substantial fee that he was that he was earning, and I, I suggested to him that maybe he would like to defer that fee and structure that fee for his future. And of course, he he immediately uh, dismissed that as uh, you know silly that he you know he was an expert, he knew how to invest his money, and uh, like like your story, uh, Cecil, uh, he, I guess he went home and thought about it, and he realized he didn't have uh, anything secure in his portfolio. So he called me again and, and we sat down and that's when the light went on in this attorney's uh, eyes. And it really helped develop the whole concept of structuring attorney fees. It's when he realized that when you structure an attorney fee, you're buying the annuity with the full amount of the fee and deferring the payments to later and paying taxes later. So that concept uh, that that he understood very well he not only structured that fee, he structured a piece of every fee in the future. And uh, uh, I developed a big bar graph chart for him going out over the years, and those bar graphs keep rising and rising and rising. And so uh, the, the concept of attorney fee structures and how that's helped so many lawyers uh, you know, go with their own future as, to go along with their clients has been a, a tremendous boon to the industry. I'm sure you've had those well, same, that, same situations, uh, both of you. Well, with that, I want to I want to just wrap this up and say, uh, Mike, it's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and to have you on the show, and Cecil as well. Uh, it's a distinct pleasure to have you. You're one of, uh, I guess, Mike and Mike will echo this. You're just one of the greatest, uh, you know, people in our industry, and I've been I've been privileged to know you all these years. Uh, 
If someone wanted to talk to you, Cecil, or get a hold of you or contact you, how would they do that? Well, I suppose that they would uh, contact me uh, at my email, cmatthews at ringlerassociates.com. Well, that's that sounds pretty simple enough. And uh, you you have an email, do you, Cecil? I I, I didn't know you had those computer those computer kind of. Things. I'm very I'm I'm very advanced. You're very advanced. Yeah, you have that fax machine still? Okay, you got there. You go. And smoke Mike, singles, single, smoke singles on our roof. <laughs> Mike, how would someone get a hold of you, Mike? Well, I'm still the guy in Chicago, and uh, I'll get my numbers one eight hundred three three two two zero four two seven. Or just look me up on the wonderful Ringler Associates website, and you'll find us all in there. No question about it. I was, and I was going to add that that uh, you can reach all the Ringler Associates on ringlerassociates.com. That's fine. No, that's fine. I, it's always good to repeat. It's always good to keep talking about where to find Ringler Associates because we're all we're all over the country, and it's important to find them. Uh, and of course, Ringler radio shows are important to listen to. We've got so many of these shows. They're they're all terrific. They got a lot of great information. You can find them on RinglerRadio.com, RinglerAssociates.com, or LegalTalkNetwork.com. And you can go to iTunes and download them right there from uh, iTunes onto your iPod or iPad or iPhone and uh, listen at your leisure. So this has been a tremendously nostalgic uh, journey for me, and I know it has been for you too. Uh, 40 years in the business now, it's, it's, it's an amazing ride. And, uh, of course, couple, couple that with the, uh, with the melancholy of, of having lost Dave Ringler recently. Uh, it's been quite a show. I've enjoyed it immensely and uh, enjoyed having you on. So with that, uh, gentlemen, I'll say thank you again for being on the show. Thank, thank you, Larry. Larry. Thank you for all you do for us. Well, thank you. And for all of you out there, go have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. With over a million listeners, Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today. Today.